Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Shuttlepod podcast. I'm Kaylee Yacovino, and I am joined by my good friends, Jared Whitley. Hello. And Matt Wright. Hello, guys. Long time no see. Yeah, welcome back, Matt. We've missed you. Thanks. Definitely. Uh, Today is Monday, February 15th, and this is Shuttlepod 94. Wow, 94. Yeah, we're going to have to do something special for the 100th podcast. Do you, do you have any ideas what we should do, Killa? Um, I would say we could have a cake, but I mean, even if social distancing were a thing, we always record this remotely, so. Yeah. But we but could each get our own cake. if it was a cake, it would have to be a cellular peptide. Cellular peptide. peptide. <laughs> mint frosting. Mint frosting. Mint frosting. I've seen fans make that cake, and it's... That's pretty impressive. Crazy, yeah. It's a lot of cake. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of cake. It's very impressive, though. <laughs> I actually had some at a party once, where someone had made cellular peptide cake. Let me see if I have pictures of it. I'll send what, it up you guys crazy. offline. What was it actually? What was it actually? It was the flavor. Deli- it was delicious. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Sorry, I don't really know what it was. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. Ye- yellow cake with mint or something. You yeah. Know. Yeah. So um, we have a uh, sort of a post Valentine's Day episode coming up, but we needed to to, to uh, ask for before we do that, we needed Matt's contribution to our top threes exercise. That's right. Yeah, if you guys missed it a few episodes ago, we talked about our top three characters, and Matt wasn't able to join us, and we were all trying to figure out what Matt's top three would be. And I, I can't remember what I guessed. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't remember either. Cause I, of course listened to, it was a great episode. You guys, kudos, but thank you. Uh, I enjoyed trying to play along too. And I was like, <laughs> I, I got, I got it mostly right, but it was a little hard. It was a little hard. Sometimes there were a couple curveballs. Yeah. It was, mm-hmm. it was interesting. So something that occurred to me the next day, Kayla, is you guessed that major Kira was one of mine. Mm. And if Michelle Forbes had gone to deep space nine, and brought the yeah. Rolaren character with her. Yep. Absolutely, she would have been in my top three. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's too bad she didn't because she's such a fan favorite, and we didn't get that much of her. No, only like five, six episodes. Yeah, if you do like favorite minor character, Rolaren right there. Mm, absolutely, you know, she's she's right up there. Yeah, and she I mean, she's the reason why the Deep Space Nine show was created. Right, is the character was so well received. Yeah, certainly in part. Certainly the first seed of the yeah. Maquis arc. Definitely, yeah. 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 But enough of that, unless she's on your list, Matt. Do you have <laughs> any clues you want to give us before you want to get into uh, it? You know, it's, it's, it was, it was, it's very hard because you know, I was listening to it with you guys and going, man, I'm kind of glad I wasn't in this. That was really hard to think, think about. And of course, now it's my turn. So, um, you know, it's, it's funny because I... Brian and I have such similar taste in our sort of trek that it's it's kind of sad because I, I have a lot of overlap with him, which will sort of give a lot away, I guess, if I say that. Oh, okay. Well, that confusticates <laughs> my original guesses then. <laughs> so Kirk and Spock. Yep. But what order? So I would put them, I think, I'm trying to remember if I would put them in the same order as he did. That's the one difference. Because <laughs> I'm thinking about what was the most influential, you know, like, trek in my sort of formative years and so mm. that's tos and tng of course so 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 the one i thought would be on your list would be scotty you know i like scotty he's probably like the second string you know like okay. i do but but for me it's it's kind of like yes i like scotty scotty is probably like my reality so i don't want that that's why i wanted to guess him exactly so i want to think of myself as uh like, like, like for the same reason like you know i totally kind of get the the whole you know i get jordy i get i especially get o'brien oh my gosh like oh, as wow. you know as you know deep in deep space nine o'brien of course like I feel him a lot, you know, on a daily basis as, as, <laughs> as an IT guy, you know, it's like, oh, it's I, like the I feel only you. thing holding this place yeah. together. Yeah. It's like, I feel you, Brian. I feel you. But, um, but as far as as it was sort of more like aspirational, right. It's, it's like what I think of as a kid and like what was forming was formational, you know, like role model, right. Like for me. And so it, it's, you can't go, you can't go wrong with Kirk and Picard as number one and number two. And then, yes, number three is Spock. Okay, there you go. 
but it's, again, it's so hard to pick because so I, you know, of course we all have like runner up and cause we can't all really pick three. Right. So at any, you know, I was, I was listening to what Tony's answer and he had a great hedge of like, well, any given moment it could be different. And he's, and you know, it's so true because we love Trek and Trek is such a deep bench, right? It's like really hard to be like, Oh, mm. it's just these three. Uh, I would totally also throw in one Benjamin Cisco. Oh, well and, done. Good choice. And <laughs> Dax at, at any given time, any of those guys could rotate in because I have, you know, especially when you have, the, the relationship of, you know, Cisco and Dax is so great, you know, um, together as a, as a duo and is mm. so enjoyable. And then, um, you know, Cisco was another really formative uh, commander than captain for me too. Cause I, I, you know, deep space nine was a huge thing. Of course. Like it was like, Whoa, there's a spinoff to the spinoff. Like mm. that's unprecedented, <laughs> you know, like, and it was like amazing. And, and I just, you know, it was a really great time to be a Trekkie at that era so there's my uh hedging you know top five really <laughs> so so my guesses for you were it was all engineers it was it was scotty jordy and then charles tucker the <laughs> third i like trip too but yeah it's it's funny too because uh i would definitely put scotty and jordy in like the second wave of people that i really like I like trip okay, but you know it's just—it's like we've said so many times. Enterprise is so vanilla; it just doesn't like pop for me. I'm just you know like yeah, I like them all, but I wouldn't pick them you know necessarily. Enter- Enterprise frustrates me because like I want to like it so badly, and there's a lot about it that I do like, but it suffers the worst possible fate that a TV show can suffer. Mm-hmm. It, it's boring. Yeah. It is a lot of the time, and it's a shame. Yeah. Also, at the time it was on, it suffered from not being Firefly or Battlestar Galactica. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm one or of those Farscape who... for the Farscape, Farscape fans out yeah. there. I gave up on it first run. I'm one of those people. Me too. So did I. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. quit uh, at the end of season two. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, there's there's so, my... There's my no, you said Picard was one and Kirk was two. Why Why is it that uh, Picard... Oh, no, Kirk is one and Picard is oh, two. Oh, okay. Then yeah. the opposite question. Why does Kirk um, um, not Picard? In the, cl- good the classic question. question. Yes, it is. question. Right, it's the infamous debate, Kirk yeah. versus Picard, right? Um, part of it is simply, like, uh, time ordering, right? Like, some of it's just, like, Kirk is my first captain, right? Like, mm-hmm, he's, mm-hmm. he's TOS. You never great. forget your first captain. Exactly. So some of it is that, um, some of it is that I feel like if I actually had the swagger, you know, like if I could actually pull that off, I would be a little more Kirk than Picard. I would be a little more, uh, slightly more impulsive and less thoughtful, Mm. but only slightly because as we've talked about many times, Kirk gets this weird reputation in pop culture of being, you know, the frat brash that, that, and, yeah. that you guys so so uh, already debunked when you were going through this but so i won't rehash it but we all know that that's not true so mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but but kirk is you know between the two of them he is a little more quick to act sometimes uh, and by the way i'm talking about tv picard because as we know movie picard completely different character <laughs> completely different wait, person wait. <laughs> but movie anyway picard is patrick stewart's agent and ego saying yeah we need oh, to yeah. get this guy out as much as we can to try yes. to latch on to other franchises yeah so but anyway yeah just just a, just a smidge but i have to say like you know you can't you can't not be moved by a picard speech right like how can you not mm-hmm. be, you know want to be a better person right i mean like you think about his first duty speech to wesley and you know especially mm-hmm. because as a as a you know young boy who did i identify with a lot wesley so he's uh-huh. making this speech and it's just like, I oh my God, you're talking to me. Like, I know, man, mm. I know the first duty, you know, and it's just like, <laughs> you, you so identify. With like, it. I let you down, space dad. Exactly. <laughs> like, I know, I'm so sorry. And so, and it's great. So yeah, that's, but it, it's a close, you know, and again, it's almost like a, I, I can't really pick them. So they're like a close first and second, you know? Sure. So. All right. Well, closing thoughts. Any, anyone else? Any, any, um. Anyone else from the your second tier you want to mention? Uh, no, because we were just talking about. I definitely feel Brian. 
you know, O'Brien's like O'Brien is my Star Trek spirit animal in many ways, you know, he's so. <laughs> I like the idea of having like a favorite, a list of favorites and then second and third tier and then having the spirit animal characters. Right. <laughs> it, gives you more, yeah. it gives you more people to like, like different aspects of them. I like this person because they represent me in reality. I like this person because they represent who I want to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay, very good. And are there any of these people on your list who have some romances here the week after Valentine's Day that you uh, yes. think would be important to talk about? Well, yeah, I think I think uh, you know I think we can bring up a few. A few actually, actually, probably all three of those people I just mentioned could be brought up if we want to as we go along. So let's just quickly, since we didn't do the top setup, what we're doing um, today, we decided that, well, Jared threw out the idea a while ago, which in an actually timely fashion, that we could do a show based around Valentine's Day. Um, and so we thought it'd be fun to talk about the best romances in Star Trek. You know, what what pairings mm-hmm. do we like or don't like or worked or didn't work? Um, and we missed that. So yeah, Valentine's Day was yesterday, but we thought, hey, it's still a really fun topic. And, you know, if, if you didn't so, get enough Valentine's Day this weekend, we just yeah. know, you know, the post Valentine's Day blues are setting in and you mm. needed to think about this Hallmark holiday a little bit longer. The crack open the heart shaped box of chocolates and, you know, that you got on <laughs> sale. Exactly. Yeah, on sale. So, yeah. so, okay, this totally isn't a, true. This isn't a Valentine's Day podcast. It is a day after Valentine's Day chocolate sale podcast. <laughs> totally. Oh, well, well, then we we should probably start by talking about Deanna Troy and chocolate, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. we should. One of the um, one of the joke food pairings, of which there are two on our list that we had talked about before this. The second one being Janeway and coffee, which yes. I personally think is a better pairing than oh, Troy. It is. And it is. It is. I mean, I mean, after all, you don't get, you know, great quotes like there's coffee in that nebula from Troy. Sorry, Troy. Yeah. That, that <laughs> might be Janeway's most famous line, actually. It's a great line. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And then the other great one is the whole coffee, the finest organic suspension. What is it ever invented? It helped me <laughs> org. Yeah. So, you know, she's got some great one liners about that coffee. <laughs> it was a nice thing to... Um... A quirk to give her to differentiate her from the other captains that she's got this um uh very human uh, uh, kind of a, adorable uh, crutch for getting her day started <laughs> mm-hmm. so i'm curious what I, instead of asking what is your favorite romance or pairing in star trek i'll say what is the first one that came to your mind so so can i can i couch this like a little more broadly as mm-hmm. we as we get into this so the thing is, a lot of the romances are just like one-offs, given the episodic yep. nature of the series, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, in some ways, it's kind of remarkable that Vosh came back for a second appearance on TNG, right? Yeah. Um, however, most humans like have long-term relationships, right? So something that that I like, my number one is I was going to say Cisco and Cassidy Yates because this is like a an actual relationship where, where yeah. two humans share their life together. Right. So I, th- we could differentiate a lot of that is just the nature of episodic television, which sort of was beginning to transition to uh, doing more serialized stuff as people had access to resources like the internet and DVDs and whatnot. So you wouldn't be worried that you'd lose casual uh, fans as much as maybe you would have when you're worried about syndication like in the, the 70s or whatever. Um, so that may be a little bit of a differentiation is, is there's some who are more long-term relationships and then some that are more mm-hmm. um, one-offs. And I think it's, you know, talking about both is interesting. Certainly. Well, I can say that for me, the first pairing that came to my mind was one that you just mentioned, Picard and Vosh. Oh, there we go. Let's start there. What is it you like about them? Besides the fact that Picard beats up a pre- Rom Max Grodenchik. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, I think they're probably one of my favorite pairings in the series um, because it, you know, Vosh is not the kind of person that I think you'd ever imagine Picard with. No. Yeah. And it brings out this other side of him that we don't usually get to see and lets him exp- like explore a different side of Picard that you otherwise never ever see. So it's fun. 
Which episode do you prefer? Um, the uh, uh, Cupid or Captain's Holiday? Captain's Holiday, 100%. Oh, okay. Uh, Why is yeah. that? You said that very quickly. <laughs> Cupid's not my favorite episode. Like, it's fun, It, but it's just goofy, you know, Robin Hood story the whole time. There's some cool moments, but I just must prefer Captain's Holiday. I think it's much more interesting. Yeah, and they're also just in in, in a way the the cute part of it and making them like fight for their love, or whatever, is pretty cliche. And also, like, I don't know, it just kind of distills it down to a not really in the end, not very interesting. You know, like it's just like oh, Bavash was this like three dimensional person. And then they, they foist her in this role. And, you know, she doesn't really want to be in it. But still, in the end, we all know how this has to work, right? Like, Picard as Robin Hood has to rescue Marion because, like, that's the story. And yeah. It's, like, not that interesting, really. Although I do love when um, they set this in motion and she has to marry Guy. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he's going to have her head. Right? And so Robin Hood has come come rescue her but instead vosh is just like oh wait okay yeah i'll totally marry you like duh that's the way out that's the way out because then she's playing the long game she's not about to get her head cut off she's not gonna sit there and wait for picard to show up yeah Yeah. i love that yeah that's a good moment for sure and and q is so shocked he's almost like you can't do that Mm -hmm. that's right like that's not the story that's not how this works you're ruining my game (laughs) exactly but i like it Mm -hmm. i mean after all he takes her uh sightseeing so he he finds her intriguing also like duh you say yes to q at the end of the episode when he says do you want to come like be a q and hang out with me not be a q but do whatever i we want to do like duh yes that was something that was always bonkers to me when q would show up on voyager is if i was on voyager and q showed up i'd say please get me out of here please take me home i'll do whatever you want i'll do anything exactly i know i mean he uh Kathy, as he likes to call her, like resolved their civil war, right? I mean, come on, throw him a bone, send him home. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. So anything else about Vosh you want to say? Um, What do you guys think of that pairing? I thought Captain's Holiday was a delightful episode when I was a kid. I thought it was such a fun change of pace. Mm -hmm. I thought it was nice to to put Picard as like a fish out of water in that context. Mm Mm-hmm. The whole idea of the uh, those aliens, what are they called? The ones with the Taksutat. Um, what are they called? Oh, uh, Vorlons, right? No, no, that's like that. Babylon Five. I know, but the sound. You're right. You're right. You're totally right. But it sounds sort of like that. I think. Um, yeah. The I Jama- we'll call them the Jamaharon aliens. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> yes. different. I know. I know. <laughs> well, you remember Taksutat? That's pretty good enough. The Taksutat people in, in the Star Trek card game in the 90s that I played uh, the Taksutat was like the best card because you could destroy an entire planet with it. Whoa! Uh, the whole yeah. thing is it can trigger a supernova. So yeah, that's the honorable exactly. mention is the love between the Taksutat and supernovas. <laughs> right? If we're just going to be pairing up random things yeah, why, that go why together. Not? Why not? It doesn't matter anymore. You might say they have a destructive relationship. <laughs> but um, boom. So could they ever have brought Vosh back more or was too enough you know i think with the right script they could have done like it one more time agreed yeah but as we know you can't over you know, especially because weekly we've talked about the rules of episodic television you can't like overuse a person because they have to move on to the next thing you know which is too bad which again leads into why you have these bachelors in in space pajamas just having one night stands rather than like actual relationships right right mm-hmm. okay what did you guys think about neela darren oh yeah because i was you know i was going to bring her up as in the what's the type you, you would think picard would go for i was uh-huh. going to say neela darren is the kind of type you think you would go for right sure like i think you you know she's okay right like i, I thought that they had a good little thing going the scene um, where they play the duet is really good, where she's yeah. like got the magic uh, space keyboard. <laughs> yes, it rolls yes, out. Rollable uh-huh. keyboard, yeah. Yeah, I wish I had one of those. Yeah, she was a good actress, and I was wondering if either they were going to, when it was on the first time, I was thinking, oh, is she going to become like a recurring character? 
And then I'm like, oh no, is she going to die? And they decided to do neither of those things. Right. Yes, one of those things should have happened. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I think her dying would have been too much. Yeah, probably true. Yeah. Because then he doesn't exactly learn the lesson, which is like, she actually still is alive, but he, he knows it's better not to have her under his command, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're okay, but I think, you know, it's much more interesting for screen time for the the heat, you know, that Picard and Vosh had, right? The little conflict and the the similarities and the differences that they had. Mm-hmm. And and the character's a more a more uh, engaging, sort of roguish comedic character, so that's like just more fun, right? Right, right, agreed. So m- moving into relationships that lasted a little bit longer, how about mm-hmm. Dax and Worf. Okay. Yeah, you can't not bring them up, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're a big one, long term. From start to finish, not finish, but you know what I mean? You see, kind of see before they're, they've even met. Yeah. Well, I don't know what you guys think, but I've always liked them as a pair. It's funny. I think I've, I've seen people sort of reevaluate it and think it's think they're not that great together. And I don't know if that's, I don't know where that comes from because I always thought they were great together. Um, yeah, I thought they had good on-screen chemistry. Yeah, certainly better than uh, Worf and Troy ever did. When that yeah, was but but yeah. perhaps not as good as Worf and Kalar, whose chemistry was mm, oh yeah, they're that the was, best. There you yeah. go. That's an awesome. Yeah, movie. that was that goes back to we've espoused before, but Susie Plaxton does a great is just great. In, like, She's amazing. She does. Yeah, first track. Yeah. You know, I never loved Dax and Worf. I have to admit, I like it at first because it they they set it up really well. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't feel like it comes out of nowhere, and it feels like it works and it makes sense. But like long term, I feel like Dax is like way too interesting for Worf. <laughs> true. I mean, it's true, right? She's but already he, got like what seven lifetimes or whatever under her belt, and, and he's 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 stuffy. <laughs> He's like yeah. he's like the opposite of an old soul to me. Yeah, yeah. Worf definitely has a certain way he thinks like is you know to do Klingon, and that's certainly Worf. It's only Worf's way too, because it's like yeah. And I mean, she's even pointed. I mean, I think his Dax has even pointed out that like mm-hmm. most Klingons laugh and a lot more and things like that. And, like he doesn't, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah. Even even Kalar wasn't Klingon enough for him. Ha! Huh, right. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, ignoring the fact that Dax will a definitely outlive him in some form, and well, B, but that's true for any yeah. mate she would take unless they were a, a or combined trill. Or yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's well. That's why it's silly to say it, but you know. Um, but, but yeah, it's a fair point. I, but I do, I do agree that I think like long, long term, she would be too sort of too good for him. <laughs> but maybe, maybe when you live, you know, dozens of lifetimes. It's, you don't have to be as picky because no, like you know, no. I'll try because 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 I'm thinking of it in terms of living one lifetime. It's like I could see them yeah. dating, but not like living together forever. And you point out she won't live together forever with him because she'll keep on living. So to her, it's more like a it's more like a dating relationship rather than a marriage. Yeah, it's it's like some kind of long term monogamous thing, but not forever. Because yeah. she's almost sure to outlive him. Right. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. I never thought about it until we just sort of broke it down right now but yeah that's that's very true huh? so it kind of makes more sense to me that she would go for it she's she's sure. like we're really good together for now and that's good yeah. enough and then it's just like sampling all the flavors you know it's like all right we'll, <laughs> let's, try, yeah. let's try the wharf yeah. you know just flipping yeah. through the book yeah <laughs> uh, and what do they call it there's a 30 rock where jack donaghy's doing it and he calls it great escaping and then the, oh, young, yeah. the millennial he's with calls it pokemoning because you've got to <laughs> <laughs> It's awesome. Well, do we have other long-termers we want to talk about? Uh, Tom and Balana. Mm-hmm. That's another one. And again, here we have a, at least we have a Klingon involved, at least a part Klingon. It's true. Involved. And we see the relationship before they're together all the way through. Yeah. How, uh, how, when did that start? Was it like season five or did they start that earlier? I think they had a little bit of like... I can't remember exactly when it started, but they definitely had a little bit of like uh, flirty kind of, you know, a- like, well, you know, in Klingon form, like a little anger flirtiness, right? Like between the two of them. Yeah, it didn't come out of nowhere. Right. For, for a while, I would say. I remember one episode where he says he invites her to the holodeck and it's BYOB. 
but that stands for bring your own bat lift, which I thought mm-hmm. was cute. It's <laughs> cute and very Tom. Yeah, very Tom. Very Tom. Well, I mean, after all, a warrior has their own weapon. Like, right. They, not just not just any bat lift will do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've always liked them. Um I don't know if anybody's ever had a I don't know if I've ever heard anything that people don't like this pairing. I always liked the pairing. Like I always thought it made 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 a uh, you know, a lot of sense. Like Belana's definitely like kind of a <laughs> spirited rebel in her own um, and so is Tom, of course. So sure, they kind of have that, you know. You know, like no one's going to tell us how to define a relationship because we don't, you know, no one's going to tell us how we live our lives anyway. Yeah. Feeling right. And so. Yeah, no, they work for me. Yeah. And, and, you know, when, I mean, I think Janeway says even like in the second episode, like people are going to start pairing off just because. Oh, yeah. I mean, like what else are you going to do? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what doesn't work is is the weird thing where they had uh, briefly had Tom and um, Kess. Oh gosh, that was weird. Yeah, no, I'm not okay with that. that. None of that worked. Yeah, like the Neelix stuff, and then like a no. love triangle over a no over an adolescent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's one thing I really love in the Tom and Balana relationship is when she's pregnant. It's this episode lineage. It's actually my favorite episode of Voyager. It is, huh. uh, it is really? the exact perfect model for what a Star Trek episode should be. Because the, the, the idea is, Blonde is pregnant, and she's really um, scared that her baby's going to be too Klingon, right? And the way yeah, they yeah. demonstrate mm-hmm. this is they show all these flashbacks of her, like, as a kid. And, like, her dad saying bad things about uh, um, her mom. About, like, oh, oh she's yeah. so Klingon, mm-hmm. all this way. And... It, it's what they do is the and, and what she says is, hey, we have all this advanced technology. Maybe we could edit our baby's genes so that he's just 100 percent human. And the doctor says, OK, no, that that's unethical. And Tom says, Tom says, <coughs> excuse me, Tom says, wait, but I like the half Klingon part with you. I would love to have a daughter who's just like you. Right. And so we have a uh, science fiction issue, the idea of like editing, genetically engineering a baby. And it is mm-hmm. used as a backdrop to create drama and conflict among our main characters, right? Which is exactly what this show should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, right. it, it's, it's not one, perhaps the most memorable episode, but kind of like, a, um, you know, your your Devil's Due or your Home Soils. <laughs> secret or, masterpiece. This is a secret masterpiece. Thank you, Kayla. <laughs> and good acting from the three mains all the way around. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I also like that episode, and I think it's one where they get engaged, where they're in that stupid space race, and they have those cool, sexy pilot uniforms. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, the space race, yes. So, I was... Oh, you'll usually see a couple of those at a convention, right? Because it's like a way for someone to say, hey, I have really cool (coughs) uniforms, not the standard ones you can just buy off the internet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Anyway, what were you going to say, Kayla? So I was thinking about um, this topic of best romances, and that, that got me wondering, uh, is it worth including things like that are either um, less romantic and more of like, like there's plenty of bromances? And then how, going even further, how about uh, fan ships? Well, I think, Ooh. and I think I know what you're alluding to. I think that's almost like, that's that's approaching them like semi-canonical at this point, I think. If I think I know where you're going, so I think we should include them. You know what I mean? Like, it, I think all of all of that's fair game. Are you talking about? Wait, you say who you're who you're talking about first? Well, if we're talking about, you know, who's been almost like it's been almost canonized, but of course it hasn't really by the actors. There's certainly one that comes to mind to me before we go to bromance, which is which is a the wonderful kind of kind of queer you know bi or whatever maybe whatever you want to call it a, a relationship of bashir and garrick which is like mm-hmm. okay that's what i was thinking of is that what you're I knew, saying I knew that's what you're semi-canonical thinking. yeah because when you think because think about it they've all i mean andrew robinson has said look that's yeah totally, that's totally legit you know, that legit he was flirting with him and yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah so it's practically you know it's it's, it's practically like legit, like canonical at this point i'm kind of in love with that that it's oh, pract- I love it. that it that it's semi canonical. I mean, 
when you go back and watch that, it's it's really oh, it's obvious. It's really hard not to see that. You know what I mean? You're like, oh yeah, right, of course. Like from the first time, the like the queerest moment mm-hmm. is the first mm-hmm. time they ever meet. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like I'm at your disposal. <laughs> and you know, it's it's great. Like I first off, hello, welcome to Deep Space Nine. Huge subtext, like de- <laughs> depth. We're bench. different. There, well, there's TM. awesome. Yeah, it, it's awesome. Deep Space Nine, this huge bench of characters, depth of writing. Like, look at that, that you can find this in there. And, it, and you know, I don't think it was always intentional, right? I think eventually they sort of caught on to it and thought about it more. But it certainly wasn't necessarily intentional. But but there it is in the performances, in the vibe that they gave, you know, as two performers. Like, there it is, right? Like, it's right there. And it's and it's kind mm-hmm. of awesome that it's just there as a product. Of, I, I- I think uh, it was mainly Andrew Robinson's idea. I don't think it was the writer's idea. I think it was just the way he played the part. Yeah, I agree. But then uh, just saying like, yeah, look at it kind of, that's the way it is. Like, it, and it totally comes That's how across. he played it. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So it's there as an interesting subtext that you can kind of see or not see, depending on <laughs> how tuned in you are, I guess, or whatever. But it's there. And um, especially once you like think about it, like it's, you can't not see it. It's great. It's an, it's an interesting discussion in a lot of ways and and what you're making me think of in particular is the balance between the ownership over the ownership of a character so there's this balance between what the writer puts into it and what the actor puts into it yeah mm-hmm. and it's like you know which part of that is from the writing which part of that is just completely from the mind of the actor and which part of it is a meld agreed and once again do you space nine let everybody kind of you know, as a, as a, as a, as a production, they were to let people, you know, fill out this world, fill out these roles in ways that not necessarily other shows were allowed to do, you know, they were, they were more willing to take risks. Yes. Because there's definitely stories about, you know, things being needed to be said exactly the right way. And producers called to the set to make mm-hmm. it happen on other show on other track shows, you know? And so it's just like, Imagine being the script supervisor on that set. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> on a set like that, yeah. So, yeah, no, so I absolutely, like, I think I, I support the potential Bashir Garrick shipping there. I think it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Of course, like, you could probably name any two Star Trek characters and there's some fanfic out there. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, yeah, right. It's like Law of the, what is it? Law 34, Rule 34? Real it's something, something about Rule 34. Mm. Yes. Well, um, <laughs> we, we don't necessarily need to go down there. <laughs> let me just, let me just pull up a couple of my faves. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if, you, if sticking with Deep Space Nine, though, <laughs> mm-hmm. there's also the bromance that I think everyone... Miles and Julian. Miles and loves. Yep. That Julian. Julian. He gets around. He's a very charming young man. But that's it, right? Like, that's okay. He's a charming dude, right? I mean, we know he's like a super enhanced human, but he has like super pheromones. (laughs) Maybe so. Oh, I never thought of that. That, Maybe that's why, (laughs) because of course, Julian is quite annoying in the beginning. So maybe that's why people slowly come around to him, right? They just needed to soak in. The pheromones, yeah. Nah, thank goodness, thank goodness Bashir as a character grew because he did get a lot better. And then he was then he was like super enjoyable. Yeah, I know? actually really like Bashir. He's one of my yeah, favorite characters always, on DS9. I've always liked him. I don't understand why so many fans don't. And I agree <laughs> with Siddig Alpha Deal that it was dumb to make him a super Superman in season five. Oh, yeah, that whole thing is such so a unnecessary. Misstep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That whole part is yeah. But yeah, so there's the bromance of uh, Miles of one Miles of Brian. And uh, Julian Bashir, which is always good for a holodeck trip fun, right? Or whatever else they're up to. Darts, you know? Yeah. I think if we're talking like best friendships in Trek, this has got to be it by a mile. Oh, yeah. I think so. I think Picard, uh, Picard, Data and Jordy. Yeah. All pretty closely behind that. Yeah. They'd be the next. Yeah. Right behind them. Hello, you lunkhead. Well, I was about to say. I was about yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That, that was the episode we watched on Sunday. That's right. Mm-hmm. Lunkhead. Lunkhead, like yeah. Oh, you know he's exper- he's experimenting with the with friendly, friendly jobs and insults. insults. Yeah, oh. that's great. 
Yeah, and you know what's so funny? We were watching that. I was thinking about that. That really is like exactly what an AI would think is like appropriate. It doesn't know any better, right? Like, <laughs> yes. like, like I'm thinking like we're one step away from having like Siri or Alexa attempt to be like sassy back to you and get it totally wrong, right? Because <laughs> you could just see that where they're like, you know, well, we're talking about Data's Day. Sorry, folks, if you have if you didn't miss that context, we were talking about Data's Day. And actually, that whole thing is such an interesting little like point of view from Data, right? Where he's like, oh, yeah, well, past past behavior says like, Keiko will be fine with this calling off the wedding or whatever. And it's so funny because like, you know what? He's from his, like, he's not wrong that like in theory, like that should follow. But of course, humans don't work that way, you know? And it's like, whoops, no. Yeah, actually work out. It's it's funny you think about that whole episode is just a, an episode about Data's algorithms failing. Mm. <laughs> it is totally yeah, that's right. That's okay. Up, we still up to data. the point where anybody else, when the Romulan spy called him in and uh, tried to get confidential information from them and then shooed them away, anybody else, their their BS detector would go off, right? But Data oh, yeah. doesn't. Oh yeah, because it's not. Very well, well his, it does though. It does. You're right. He goes, you know, if I were, he's basically, like, if I weren't an android and actually had emotions, I would be feeling very suspicious right now. And it's like, and so clearly so then, you have emotions. Exactly. Uh. So then you know that, or at least you know the like, heuristics of it, right? So like, he should probably go report that like immediately to the camera. Well, and the thing he is, he no, should have anyway. Instead, him and Mendon are too busy. Uh, completing their research before they tell their commanding officer what's going on. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Was someone else... Did I talk over you, Killer? Uh, I don't know if I was saying anything. Oh, okay. I don't remember. So those are some big names, but what else do we have? Like, Well, we just stepped over of? one. Oh, um, Miles yeah. and Keiko. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, although you know what? As much as like they have some good moments, I kind of like to ignore them. I, I must say, because they were written so poorly, so many times they were written badly. It's a, it's a yeah. shame. Yeah, yeah. Are there any examples that stand out where they were written badly? Um, no. you know, it's 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 hard because they would do it a lot. They they'd use them like is it's a so you know we've talked about how great the writing is for Deep Space Nine. This is the one weird crutch that they would have is when they would basically fall back on like sitcom couple like tropes with them mm. where it'd be like oh silly miles like he doesn't you know he's home late from this. work and he's tired yeah. and grumpy and she's cooked dinner yeah and then he's mad then stomps off to go spend time with his bestie instead of her and like you know like and it's like oh really is that still like generally a a, a dynamic with a couple it feels like her? like 1960s yeah like I'd hope like not. An episode of WandaVision, if you guys are watching that. Ah, WandaVision, yeah. There you go. Yep. My understanding so, is that um, this also annoyed Cole Meany. Well, <laughs> good. It should have. It's too bad that they didn't adjust it somehow. Yeah. Also, Keiko's just in a shockingly small number of Deep Space Nine episodes. It's yes, really and that's like a that. shame, too. It's funny, because, again, we were watching, you know, we were watching Day Day, and that there's the first one with Keiko, too, and I'm thinking, like, Oh yeah, she's actually like a really a potentially like a very interesting person on her own. We just don't know much about her, and then, and then she becomes defined as you know a Brian's wife that like tells him to pick up his socks. You know, yeah. it's like great. Well, that was a waste. At the time, Rosalind Chow was also a little bit more familiar to TV audiences because she was oh on yeah Nash. Well, no, I mean her big thing though was Joy Luck Club, right? That oh, that's right. Won awards, yeah. So she was like, like, see, she was another good get, like, to have as a as a reoccurring person, hmm. award winning actress at the time. So, hey, have we ever met a main character and they're already married? Good question. Um, I Bones guess was divorced sense, when we met him. This mm-hmm. kind of counts, I guess, because he's widowed. I mean, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, um, but, right, Rom, but like, single. Rom had, had a, Rom had had a marriage contract with. Uh, Nog's wife and or Nog's mom, and that failed. Um, but they're oh, always yeah. single when we meet them, right? Always single. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't think there's anyone actually in the middle of. Uh... Oh, Doctor hey. Flox. Doesn't Doctor Flox have like? Oh yeah, it's true. That's true. Oh, yeah. he's got, but he's she's got not. Four of them or That's true. Yeah, 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 but then it's like a weird. Like they that. hardly exist, and they're not there. Yeah. Denelbians are are poly. So. Well, you know, writers, married people can be interesting too. 
So <laughs> yeah, we were being underrepresented. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, though, when you think about it, like sort of realistically, right? Like who's going to go off on five-year missions or whatever? It's It would be very hard to be married. But the idea of the Enterprise D was supposed to be like, come and bring, bring the family. Yeah, you can bring the family. Yeah, that's true. But that's and, the only one like that, really. <laughs> and Miles was married when he moved to DS9. And Deanna uh-huh, was technically true. betrothed true. to that guy <laughs> in Haven. She was long-term engaged. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Let's not forget. Not a terrific episode. The best part of that episode is Armin Shimmerman as the crate. That talks. Yes, so the, right. the beta's on right. box. I forgot it was Armin. Exactly. That's it. The rest of the episode, forget totally forget it. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I guess Janeway was in a relationship with Mark, and then it got destroyed by yeah. So that's true. They were were engaged, but she was still sort of available. Like you know, she started off as sort of available, not really because she's still hoping, but yeah. And then Mark took took her dog, and then that was that. Yeah, wait, yeah. Tuvok married too, right? Technically. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's a good point. There you go. So Tuvok is probably the only character. Tuvok and and Janeway, we can give her them too. Well, Jamie's not married. She's engaged. So. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Tuvok right, would be right, the right. only character who's already married when we meet him ever so far. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And um, I just like to take this moment to use the our one f bomb per show. Fuck Mark. <laughs> oh, why? Why do we not like Mark? <laughs> I don't know. Mark's I don't know enough She's about right. Voyager. I'm sorry. Yeah, he no, he legit like writes her a dear Jane letter. Is like I took the dog and moved on. Yeah, it's pretty harsh. That's hard. It's like they had puppies. I'm I'm engaged to somebody else, right? And then that was it. Like I think they, I I I thought that I kind of get the impression that they were trying to make us think like, oh well, like I can kind of understand because he's been alone so long. But he did it in the meanest possible way. It's like writes her this heartless letter. Yeah, and that was like what when they first finally got an uplink back, they could start getting letters or something, and she got it, and she was like, "Oh, it had been whatever five or six years." Yeah, I mean, I get that part, but yeah, it just he didn't have to do it in that way. Yeah, yeah, it was very off-putting. Well, and then like he was the other thing that doesn't help is the one time you see him or whatever, you know, she's like, "Take care of the puppies" or whatever, and like in the beginning, caretaker, he's just this. Just, just this chumpy, you know, extra actor guy. Anyway, he doesn't yeah. seem very interesting. He to start seems with, like, you know, like the kind of guy, like on uh, a terrible '80s, late '80s family comedy, who would have tried to have an affair with the mom, right? Yes, That's, that was the Pretty vibe much. I got from him. <laughs> sure, I could, yeah, yeah, in that vein. So he was just not very so interesting. Specific. Anyway. Yeah, we've been yeah, well, we've been specific. talking about terrible late '80s comedies on our Zoom thread lately so <laughs> okay yeah yeah awesome okay but but now in all serious who else would we like to discuss because there's okay, a few so, more so, i think we could talk about so i wanted to mention my favorite uh cisco and cassidy moment yeah we can talk more at length about the relationship in general um like there's one where in the middle of the dominion war he calls the bajoran shipping agency that she works for and gently suggests that they not assign her to dangerous missions. <laughs> she totally calls him on it. And he's like, you know, I just made a, I just made a call. I just made a suggestion. And she's like, oh, the emissary of the prophets called some Bajorans and told them what to do. Yeah. Do, do you think that's an appropriate way for you to use your influence with these people? And he's like, well, I didn't use the word emissary. Right. <laughs> like they don't know who the Cisco is. Exactly. Yeah. So that's just, and, you know, and she needs to say, look, I'm not going to call Admiral Ross and tell him not to send you on dangerous missions. You can't do the same thing for me. Yeah. Um, it's awesome it's, that he did it, though. I think it's super sweet. Absolutely. Like, I would have been mad and been like, don't do that. But also, I would have found it very endearing and sweet. But all of it is good. It's good that he did it. It's good that she put her foot down. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like um, showing that a normal couple has uh, instances where they grind each other's gears, right? Yeah, yeah, just a great moment. But the one I wanted to cite is is uh, sweeter than that, where they're in bed together and she's going to go off on a mission. And after she leaves, he discards his pillow, takes hers, sniffs it, and then goes to sleep on that. Oh, that's right. That's such a great little like cute like, little moment. moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, they do know how to write for couples. Apparently, it's just not my poor Miles and Keiko. <laughs> <laughs> 
I also think they just liked beating up on Miles for whatever reason. And yes, yeah, so poor Miles. That was yeah, part was of it. Once a season, he gets kidnapped, that. and yeah, <laughs> something and terrible like happens. Forced brainwash, whatever. A twenty-year, yeah, yeah. uh, um, mm-hmm. a twenty-year prison sentence inside his mind. Right. Yep, yeah. Exactly. Torturous that sentence. Thing. Poor guy. Okay, let's see. Um, I feel like we've mainly been talking about the Berman era. Is there anything from the original series that we so, want to talk about? There is one that I would like to bring up about our stoic friend Spock that I think really uh, a lot of people, especially in the 60s, totally jumped all over when they saw it was possible for the, his Vulcan heart to love, which is in um, This Side of Paradise when the spores oh, yeah. melt mm-hmm. the ice. <laughs> And we realized that he actually was in a sort of a relationship because, of course, one-sided, unfortunately, with Layla Kalomi, right? And it's she's kind of, you know, and it's like heartbreaking. And we actually get to see that it actually kind of breaks his heart, too. And it's, you know, it's beautifully acted by both of them. And you get to see the sort of, you know, sort of desperate loneliness that is Spock's life, you know, sort of peeks through. And it's, you know, it's, it's just great. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say, but, but it's just a great, you know, great little moment. And I think it gave a lot of, uh, a lot of people in the sixties, a, a little hope for that, you know, that Spock heart of theirs, but. Yeah. That's on every top 10 list that I've seen. Oh yeah. Cause it's a great episode in general. Well, Dorothy Fontana, you know. Mm-hmm. Park. Mm-hmm. Yep. As usual. Is there anything from um, the movies that people want to mention? I mean, I know Kayla as uh, that you probably have always carried a torch for P- that Picard and Anja might get back together. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. Any of Picard's random romances, whether they make sense or not, in the movies, oh, I'm here for those. That doesn't even matter. It's like, oh, we 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 need to keep Patrick happy. Never mind all the stuff we did <laughs> with him and Beverly in season we're, seven. We well, need to it's throw okay. this rando in there. We're just going to delete some of the lines that we had written for Beverly, and yes. so we can we can oh, shoehorn in this romance. So that Poor she Beverly. can instead t- lecture us about the dangers of Tholeron radiation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Never mind that they were you know literally like attached to each other. Uh, you know um, what do you want to call it like. Empathically, yeah, 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 yeah. And so they totally know what they know for sure now. What they've suspected for years, you know, like now they totally know that. Yeah, <laughs> but like, oh, never mind. <laughs> that is a great episode. That's one of the highlights it of is. season seven. Agreed. Because season seven is so weird and up it's, and down. It's very weird. And it's but... it, the episode itself, like, like the the well, I guess. And what's it called? Fun. It's um attached. Attached. Yeah. I was like linked. No, okay, attached. Yeah. The the I guess really the A pl- well I don't know what's supposed to be the A plot and the B plot but for me I, I would argue that the A plot is definitely the Picard and Crusher story yeah 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 but the the B plot is so weird and actually kind of unbelievable because like since when would the Federation be like oh no it's cool that only half a planet wants to apply that's like one of their criteria usually is like you actually have to have your shit together globally yeah. before you get to apply yeah. you know and so it's such a weird setup and of course what it really is is a setup to get them to have this adventure on the planet and you know we'll forgive him for that because it makes a great great picard crusher mm-hmm. uh, but it was it was also an interesting question to ask about uh the process of people joining the federation so I yeah thought it, was, it was good all the way around well and of course they turned out to be way too suspicious and weird or, you know distrusting to ever <laughs> i can't even believe that everyone to join in the first place yeah know, seriously like, mm. yeah but yeah yeah so I guess like we haven't we've almost said it, so maybe we should just say it is what about Picard and Crusher? That they almost are a couple. <laughs> yeah. So I, a couple. The thing I appreciate about it is except for, you know, toward the end, it was always kind of in the background, like like Picard wasn't super thrilled when Beverly shows up for their like weekly um croissants and coffee or whatever and Bosch <laughs> is there. And it's oh, like yeah. a little cute moment where he's like He's acting like he's got been caught with his hand in the cookie jar or whatever. And you're not yep. sure, is is he embarrassed because he, he's carrying a torch for, for Beverly? Is he embarrassed because he doesn't 
um, he's not proud of his relationship with Vosh? Is it just because he likes to maintain a sense of privacy? Is it all three, right? Yeah. The one and thing of that I was so... gets offended and thinks it's certainly th- and thinks it's the embarrassed of her part. Which... Yeah, which if I were in her shoes, uh, I would feel the same. I, way. Yeah, you'd see. Yeah, agreed. But of course, I think in the reality, it's a little bit of all three. Yeah. So, yeah. I also I do like that they never secretly made Picard Wesley's father. Oh, thank God for that. Yeah, that wouldn't have been I cool. Think, I think there were people at the time who thought that may have been like what they were hinting at. Ew. But, no. Yeah. That. That would have fallen flat. Yeah. Hey, Jared, you mentioned um, moving outside of the Berman era, and it got oh. me thinking of a budding rom- romance um, between Rafi and Seven of Nine. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. From uh, Picard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk to, let's talk about that, Killer. I mean, there's not much to say, really. It's like one, it's one shot in one scene. Right yeah. at the you end, at the in yet. the finale, just them like holding hands, sitting at a table, basically yeah. sitting at those stupid tables that look you like they're so from funny. the playground. Yes, that's what I was just gonna say. I had those tables. I sort of <laughs> me got too my, at my playground. Like, used to pick. 90s, used to they're because they're metal covered with like a latex plastic, plastic yeah, 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 yeah. and you yeah, can pick yeah. the plastic off. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ugh. Did, did, did anyway. They also, did they also have the chairs from the drum head? <laughs> yeah. It's the same the same prop guy. <laughs> God, I seriously hate those chairs. I mean those um those tables they do not belong in a spaceship. Yeah, I, I, it, yeah. It I sucks know. me right those. out of it, honestly, whenever yeah. I see them. I saw those and I was like, what am I on like a nineties playground right now? Exactly. That's what I that's exactly what I think of. And yeah. the rest of the ship is so gorgeous, like the way they did the set is amazing. And then there's those turds. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> so 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 maybe we should have done an episode about furniture instead of <laughs> I about think we should. Well, that could be another topic for like soon. We I have so many things to say about furniture on Star Trek. Okay, I can't wait. Okay, if I interject, <laughs> the thing that I, I wanted to mention was um, Kirk and Dr. Marcus. From oh, good one. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. And the thing I love about that is we have two people who have had feelings for each other, but knew that they couldn't be in each other's orbit, right? And so they maturely made a decision to go their separate ways. And I think Dr. Marcus was okay with that because her main priority is having, uh, making sure David doesn't run off hopping galaxies with her, with, uh, with Kirk. But Kirk is not okay with that because this is just another way where his age and his regret is being uh, reinforced. Definitely. Yeah. So I, I, again, I mean, that scene with them on City Alpha, uh, uh, wait, no, 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 uh, and regular <laughs> one. City regular Alpha one, yeah. 6 exploded. Um, I mean, <laughs> what would become the Genesis planet uh, is so mature, right? Like <laughs> you, you watch this like uh, adventure adventure TV show from the '60s, and you're like, "Hey, kids, you want to go see this 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 movie they've done with it?" And instead, we have uh, this mature heart to heart from two fifty year olds. We have like the the main hero getting killed at the end, and then torture eels put in people's ears, right? It's like, where, where would you connect that for kids whose main exposure to the franchise was the animated series? Uh, you wouldn't. I've you wouldn't never even thought about that. Yeah, I've never thought about that. That's funny. That's very different. Um, yeah, it's good. And, and again, it's this whole um, like nice world building of Kirk's history, right? That Yeah. Without lots of like exposition about like, who she is and where he met her. Like, we just know that they were like old flames and like, there you go. Mm -hmm. You you don't need to know full details. And it's, that's, you want to talk about your um, fan theories. I mean, it's, I guess it's retroactively been just determined that that's, that she's the uh, quote, little blonde lab tech. Yeah. That's Gary Mitchell sent her way. Right. That's the fanon is this about it basically of like, yeah, that must be who he was talking about. Who knows? Uh, but it's it's um, it's a great relationship and certainly works much better than Kirk and Doctor Marcus in Star Trek Into Darkness. Oh God, yes. <sighs> that one is talk about forced variety of ways. Oh well, then we can talk about Uhura and Spock and how she's Ugh. chosen 
to have a relationship with a man from a species that likes to repress emotions, and she's constantly belittling him for not showing emotions. Let's talk oh, about yeah, that. Well, oh, God. Well, you know, so real quick, I actually did like them in 09. I, had no, I, I thought that worked out okay. And then, yeah, they, then they made her a nagging girlfriend in Into Darkness, and it was really weird. And, and then he, and then in Beyond, he like put a tracking device on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That also not 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 the best. <laughs> the thing that's so good about it in two thousand nine is Kirk thinks he's going to get the girl, and then he's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah. she likes this other guy," and it kind of takes yeah. wind out of his sails. So that that was like a cute moment. Um, but yeah, he but, doesn't even get to know her first name. Oh, that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, everything subsequent to that did not work. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I have one final Let's hear relationship it. that I think may might top them all. Oh, Let's find out. But there's one that I think uh, is, is a love that runs deep. And I'm talking about one James T. Kirk mm-hmm. and the USS Enterprise. No bloody A, B, C, or D. <laughs> Because he deeply loves her in, a, in uh-huh. a, you know, in a in a very, you know, platonic but but loving way, mm-hmm. uh, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, as as we know, like, yeah, it goes, it, it gets pretty deep. Like when he's, I mean, in a couple different places, we we see just how how much it affects him. Like uh, both in the naked time, and then um, going back to this side of paradise, right? When when the defenses are down, like he's he's over there, like you know, no beach to walk on, you know, and all this stuff. Like he can't <laughs> he can't be with her, you know. But it's also her. Like that's why they call it a she, you know, uh-huh. and all this stuff. And, <laughs> and and I make fun, but also it is really true. Like yeah, like it is be. actually it is actually a really lovely kind of thing that like. Kirk is so enamored with you know this starship and that the position that he holds with it and that it means so much to him you know it's also I mean it's it's not a coincidence that when for the majority of the human experience that we had all male uh, naval crews that the ships were called she to try to make men more endeared to them I mean that's Mm -hmm. that's completely a historical precedent right there oh yeah absolutely yeah well, but that's what I just wanted to point it out because, you know, we can't not say that because really <laughs> that's why, that's why no, no, you know, no, no human woman could have his heart, right? Is that the Enterprise stole it. Well said. Thank you for bringing that up, Matt. I would have forgotten that, but it, <laughs> it actually is kind of important to, to <laughs> I guess the last, I have one last one. Um, that I'll mention, which is uh, Paul and Hugh from Discovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're also they're a good one. They have a lot of history too, as we start to learn. They've been around. They, mm-hmm. they, you know, they have quite a history. So wait, there's another people who are married that we meet for the first time. Nope, they have never. We're not. They're not technically married, at least. Yeah, oh, they're not. I didn't think they were married. Uh, well, and he just uses the term partner rather than husband. Yeah. They're they're long term partners, but have not actually gotten married. Okay, I must have known that, and I just forgot. Well, because they've never made it super clear. But then we, at one point, actually, I think asked like a track movie. We actually asked that at some point of the writers mm. in, in an interview, and we're like, "Well, are they though?" And he said, "No, they're just they're long term partners." Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. Like, I wonder if that at some point changes, you know, like in uh, in season three, they might actually refer to each other as husbands. So it's conceivable that like they, they made changed their through, minds. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they, yeah, they made it through this ordeal and then they made it official or whatever, you know? Like, oh, I, I feel like that would have been a, like mentioned like, oh, by the way, we got married. Yeah. I don't really. Yeah. Know. Or they would have shown it. Yeah. Yeah. Or shown yeah. It. yeah. So I don't really know, but I, but I know in the beginning, like in season one, it was it, it was clarified that they were not officially okay. like, you know, married for whatever it's worth. But but I like them together. I think they're a good couple. Yeah, I like them together too. They're both very charismatic actors. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like the they make like the Labo M reference in that one episode, which is like a wink to. Um, to rent 
Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. All I've been in. Alrighty, well, there we go. That's a happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Yeah, happy belated Valentine's Day. Enjoy your half-priced chocolate. Mm-hmm. I know I will. And I'm sure that there's more that, you know, more couples that we could have talked about. So if you feel like, you know, responding to us on uh, the website, on social media, tell us what you're sure that we forgot and we're crazy for forgetting. (laughs) (laughs) I know there's a ton. Uh, There's more, of course, but we just picked some at random sort of off the top of our heads that we wanted to talk about. So Um, I will say, like, we were never tempted to talk about Riker and Deanna. Because no. I just always thought, as much as I love those two, they have no chemistry together. Yeah, no, it's true. Right. I actually um, think they have pretty decent chemistry in Picard. Uh, yeah, oh, I think okay. They do now. Yeah, okay, touche. Yes, that's true. I think they do now, but I think, like you were saying, through the run of TNG, they don't that much. And then in the movies, the uh, TNG movies, it's like this foregone conclusion that they're yeah, and that was that know. they just work. So. Yeah, but it, you're, you're right. It's a lot weaker, I think, in TNG. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks. Thank, Matt, we're delighted to have you back. We know it's been a long time since you've been on. Thank you, everyone. For those of you who've stayed to the end of Shuttlepod episode 94, we uh, are delighted to go on this journey with you, and we're looking forward to the next 94. <laughs> check yes. out our Patreon. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> no, but seriously, check out our Patreon. Please do. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody, for coming on this journey with us. Happy V-Day. Yeah, you too. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.